You are listening to a Spoken Word Ministries podcast. Our heart is to proclaim the gospel and equip believers for ministry. If you're interested in learning more about our ministry, go to www.swma.ca. You can also find us on Facebook. Now sit back and enjoy this message. All right. Well, it is great to be here today with you. I work for Boyd Hopkins with Spoken Word Ministries. And I was thinking a lot, as I always do, about our ministry and the people that we work with. And whether it's me working with youth as part of my my deal or counseling or seminars, we see every need possible for healing, probably. So I'm often thinking of and praying for the people that that we meet and and their painful stories, uh, whether it's physical healing, emotional, spiritual, what have you which made me think of the paralyzed man in Mark 2. And as I always do when I'm going to share something, I like to look it up in the dictionary. So I looked up paralysis, and it's defined as a loss of ability to move and sometimes to feel anything in part or most of the body, typically as a result of illness, poison, or injury. Inability to act or function in a person, organization, or place. Now I'm going to read that again. I don't actually look up to a dictionary. I just looked it up and took the first thing, but I really like this. I'm going to read it one more time. Uh, Paralysis, the loss of the ability to move and sometimes to feel anything in part or most of the body, typically as a result of illness, poison, or injury. Inability to act or function in a person, organization, or place. I thought that was very interesting because it very aptly describes the state that we're in often when we are unwell um, in any form, whether it be physical, mental, emotional, what have you. And so then I was reflecting on my love of working with youth. And I was thinking of a time when I talked about this uh, story of the paralyzed man to my youth group. So when I'm gonna get ready for youth, you know, I want to create excitement. I wanna have illustrations. I wanna draw people in and have involvement with the kids and bring the topic alive. And so um, having you today as my youth group, I wanna ask you to come and experience that with me. I would always say um, you can tell people about something. You can share a great story, share about sharing your faith. You can um, teach, but there's always an amazing added measure when we can touch it, feel it, walk through it, experience something. And um, sometimes in our lives, if we've not been sick or had um, any emotional distress maybe or mental health issues, um, we can't relate as well to someone who um, has been there. And so if it were with my kids, this is kind of how I would start. So you come to my youth group, in you come through the door, and I'm gonna say, sit down, remove your socks and shoes, and I'm gonna get you to open the Bible to Mark 2, 1 to 12. As you're sitting on the floor, you're gonna put your hands behind your back, and I'm gonna put a big Sharpie between your toes, And you're going to use your feet to write it out on paper. No hands. Instant reality check. So as the group waits for you and watches you 
struggle along while you try to write Mark 2, 1 to 12 with your toes, um, with no hands. Reality check. This is not at all like using your hands. Takes a long time. Um, probably causes great frustration. I know I'm messy enough with my hands. I don't know what I'd be like with my feet. Um, and usually it's going to turn out poorly, illegible probably. There may be people in the group that are very impatient with you. Um, you may get this sense of, why did I volunteer for this anyway? Because everybody's looking at me and now they're waiting for me. Uh, you may feel um, a little bit less than, or maybe somebody else is shouting that they could do it better. Um, so there's a real awkward sense of embarrassment and maybe wish you didn't come. Then the next exercise, once you finally finish that, I'm going to get you to put your dominant hand behind your back. And in fact, we'll probably tie it there just to make sure. And I'm going to put in front of you a loaf of bread, the really squishy Wonder Bread, probably that's hard to spread stuff on. Peanut butter, jelly, and maybe even honey that's a little bit hard because that's tough. And then all the kids that are waiting in the room. And there you go. They're waiting and you are focusing as you use your often left hand, possibly right, to try and make nice sandwiches. And I'm telling you, get the jam right out to the edges. Well, it should be butter too, because butter would be my number one um, ingredient. And you start to feel self-conscious and the group is maybe getting impatient with you and irritated, like, come on, man, we want our sandwich. Um, maybe you're letting others down, um, that feeling. And maybe we have to go to something after and you're making us late and the pressure is on and likely someone's laughing at you. So these are comical, very um, minor inconveniences that you are now experiencing once, right? Those are awkward little exercises that we practice to try and feel what it would feel like if we were held back in some way. But what if your disability or your struggle, what if it was mental, physical, social, spiritual, emotional? What if it was a daily depression or an autoimmune illness where you just had no energy every day? Maybe you were a single parent and you're juggling kids and work and financial pressures and you feel like life is, everything in life is that PBJH sandwich or lonely or fearful anxious or abandoned, um, and that every day feels like any tasks you are doing are like trying to write that scripture out with your feet. It is just hard. And so as I mentioned in our brokenness, in our ministry, we see every type of brokenness, body, mind, soul, illness, disability, relationships, losses, broken relationship with God. And that can be so isolating and hopeless. I always think of this when we are alone or feel abandoned, this lack of sense of team, no one to help me. And maybe you feel like it's all up to you. And maybe it is all up to you for a lot of things in life. And once again, you can feel paralyzed. I'm just going to read that one more time as we go into scripture. The loss of the ability to move 
and sometimes to feel anything in part or most of your body, typically as a result of illness, poison, or injury, the inability to act or function in a person, organization, or place. And so we go to Mark 2, Mark 2, 1 to 12. Jesus forgives and heals a paralyzed man. I love this story. A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door. And he preached the word to them. Some men came bringing to him a paralyzed man carried by four friends. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and lowered the mat and the man who was lying on it. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, son, your sins are forgiven. Now, some teachers, some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Immediately, Jesus knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, why are you thinking these things, which is easier? To say to this paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, take your mat and walk. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the man, I tell you, get up, take your mat and go home. He got up, took his mat and walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone and they praised God saying, we have never seen anything like this before. Can we even imagine an experience like this? And maybe there's some of you out there. I know I have some friends who've seen dramatic healings. I've had some of my youth kids um, experience incredible things happen before their eyes. But this would be something else in a big crowd like that to see someone who's never walked get up. As you look at this story, as we look at this story, I... man they don't tell us too much um the paralyzed man that can't get to jesus on his own imagine you're fighting cancer your spouse has rejected you you're in the middle of a divorce you're bereaved lost someone close to you lost a child uh, mental health struggles with self-hatred not wanting to live overwhelmed can't go on financially wrecked from possibly COVID, which has gone on here. Very real things, struggling with addiction. This man needed forgiveness and healing. So as I list all these things, which I've done lots throughout, I want you to find your place in one of these, or I want you to find someone in your life in these lists of things that I'm giving, because usually we can find ourselves in there somewhere. Who comes to mind as the paralyzed man? Or is it you? And what are the different roles and reactions of people in this story? It's quite interesting. There's the crowd gathered in tight, wanting their spot. Um, the, the guys can't get the paralyzed man close to Jesus. Maybe. Maybe this crowd could represent busy Christians involved in programs, really good things. Or maybe comfortable in their circles of friends. Or maybe they're fearful 
of stepping out because they've never worked with or helped someone that had mental health issues or substance issues. And maybe we're sure that someone else more qualified will step in. So we'll let those people show up and take them up to the roof. Are we so focused sometimes even on the good things um, that we do that we don't see the paralyzed one looking for healing, trying to break through the crowd to find Jesus? Or are we standing in the way sometimes of someone feeling welcomed enough to just get a glimpse of the love of Christ? <clears throat> are we reflecting his love so that they can experience just a little taste of who Jesus is. So then the friends, how many people have experienced when they are so broken, a group of friends that come and step in and say, we will carry you. You just rest. We will have faith for you. Just keep your eyes on Jesus. What a beautiful reflection of the love of Christ. Or have you been that person that has provided that? There are seasons in our life, and sometimes we can't do a whole lot. Um, maybe they're, you're very busy with family and whatever, but often we can encourage even just a little bit or drive someone somewhere. I remember the illness and the postpartum and um, how lame was I? And I remember two friends unannounced walking through my door, picking up my boy and putting me to bed and saying, we got this. You're going to sleep. We'll just bring him to you to nurse. You sleep. They cleaned my house. It was a very humbling experience. But they were those four friends um, that did that for me. I remember a group of us after one of Boyd's seminars praying for a young woman who'd struggled with pain and sickness for years and had not been healed yet, had had many levels of different kinds of healing, but not fully healed yet, and had some of that paralysis of discouragement and physical pain. And I remember Allison all of a sudden saying, and I think there were actually four of us, I think we're supposed to be the four friends, like in the story of the paralyzed man. And I think that you just need to rest and we are gonna bring you to Jesus. We're going to lower you down and we're going to have enough faith for you. And just the beautiful experience that was. I think of things in, in reference to these four friends and the role that they played. I think of spoken word ministries who we work for. Um, and the whole issue, charitable donations. I've raised missionary support my whole ministry um, life over like 32 years or whatever. When Boyd started this ministry years ago, God really impressed on him to freely give what we've been given to give. And I've had many times people come and say, I can't do full-time ministry right now like you guys at the stage I am in my life or God's having me do other things, but I can donate to your ministry. And many times that has come at a time when it was right on the edge of being extremely distracting um, in the mind and the heart. And we were then lifted from that paralysis and set free to do ministry. I think of friends like my parents were an example of, um, not the token offerings of their time and donations, et cetera, but really how they spent their time. 
any broken teen or young adult could walk through their door anytime, day or night, and sit with them and get whatever they needed. Long phone calls with the lonely or socially um, ones that struggled to fit in, didn't know how to make friends. They'd be on the phone for hours. Um, and they always donated above and beyond their 10%. Mom always saying, God's hand is always bigger. I have been challenged always by their example. But am I one of the four friends willing to dig through the mud and the straw to get a hole big enough to lower a friend down to the feet of Jesus? Ooh, that gets me. That we ask ourselves that question. Will we go out of our way? I just think of those roofs that they had at the time with the mud and the straw. And I'm guessing they just used their hands because time was of the essence. And they dug the hole and got him to Jesus' feet. They saw the need. These friends saw the need and it moved them to action. Then we have the teachers of the religious law. Another group of players in this story. They likely had prime seats to hear Jesus, maybe the box seats where they saw every move he made and had notebooks ready or papyrus or whatever, um, and started listing criticisms and, you know, things that would divide to use maybe as weapons against him. They were looking to draw people's eyes and ears away from the teachings of Jesus. Are we, am I one who's looking for fault or argument my being selfish are we creating problems or our eyes fixed on jesus so that we are one that is contributing to change the world through his truth and his love and then there's jesus he didn't resent the interruption at all Wow, first thing he's saying, son, your sins are forgiven, which was a little unexpected for everyone, including probably the man who's paralyzed. Stand up, pick up your mat and walk. Like this was, it must have been absolutely incredible. And those Jewish leaders said to Jesus, this is blasphemous. You proclaimed only what God can do. But, well, sorry, only what God can do can do and that is forgiveness of sin but they were wrong because jesus is god and he showed that and he showed that by healing the man and that was just one of his many miracles and all that were there just hearing that they saw this miracle believed and praised god at what they saw they'd never seen anything like this before the religious leaders interestingly their beef was with jesus claiming to be god now, we didn't hear of the man, the paralyzed man, or the friends saying, okay, hang on here. We did not bring him here to be humiliated in front of people and be pointed out that perhaps he has sin in his life. Um, what do you, like, he can't walk, you know? Um, what do you mean forgive sins? Or maybe the guy was humiliated. What do you mean forgive my sins? Like, I came here because I can't walk. How dare you? Never happened. I think when we're in that situation of need so many times, we're often very aware of our great need for restoration, our great need for healing. Jesus said to the religious leaders, what is easier to do? Say that your sins are forgiven or arise and walk. 
when we're desperately in need. And this is usually the case. Who can deny the truth that we have sin and need to be forgiven? We are often so aware at those times and we're at the bottom of the barrel looking up, realizing how much we need a savior. And that relief of forgiveness would be just huge. I can imagine him coming, being forgiven, and that weight of that forgiveness lifted off before, before Jesus said, arise and walk. He just must have felt like he was floating after that. And no one saw his heart. You know, was he going to defy this forgiveness of sin? No one could see in his mind. But they saw the joy and they saw the freedom there. Um, Jesus was truly and is truly God. I know in, in the work that we do in our ministry at Spoken Word, alongside prayer for physical ministry, many, many times we are dealing with people's brokenness in their lives. Um, the needs that they have, the forgiveness of sin, the need for a savior, and all. That, that prominence, that main gift that Jesus gave when he died on the cross to bring forgiveness to us all seems like a simple thing. We talk freely about this free gift of forgiveness and eternal life. We just need to ask um, how powerful a transformation when we or others experience that and really let it go and to the depth and the wholeness of our being. So when we look at the man, paralyzed man, now the walking man, he, his injury and illness and brokenness and maybe failures, all of that stuff that we didn't see in the forgiveness piece, didn't keep him from seeking Jesus. He came with all of it, right? All 100% need came with it. Couldn't even come with it. Couldn't even bring himself. Had to be brought to. Okay. Second, this man had great friends who played a vital role in his healing. Are we that friend? And this man's healing started with forgiveness. Um, I think that is in what we do, where we go first. The act of forgiveness of others, of ourselves, sometimes even God, um, for things that are awful that have happened in our life to us. There's many people to forgive and often self-hatred. That step of forgiveness is what paves the way as Jesus modeled when he took that for us on the cross. And then in the end, the joy and the thanksgiving all rejoiced in the healing. Are we thankful? Are we rejoicing with people when they get healing or maybe they're on a different spot on their journey of healing? in their uh, road of depression or whatever they're struggling with. Do you or do we have anything standing between us seeking Jesus? What is it? What's standing in the way? Sometimes I know it's pride. Sometimes for me, busyness. I'll just do good things. I'll keep going. I'll serve or whatever. And it's like, Barb, stop and take a look in the mirror. Are we afraid? Or sorry, are we a friend who will carry 
and dig through the mud to bring someone to Jesus. That comes with a cost. It really does. Maybe you're not going to be hanging out with your same friends all the time and enjoying that comfort and fellowship of that. You're going to be stepping out, bringing other people into that circle. And maybe it's not as smooth a fit, or maybe they need more of our time. That's huge. Are we a friend who will carry and dig through the mud to bring someone to Jesus? Are we or someone else in need of giving or receiving forgiveness? You know, we don't have to wait for someone else to forgive us. We can release our judgments against them. We can just bring it all to the foot of the cross and ask Jesus to sometimes help us get to the place where we're able to forgive because we're not always there either. Um, and God understands the woundedness that we have suffered in our life. He sees it all. He grieves with us. Um, he cries for us um, what we have suffered. But the forgiveness piece needs to come. So we're we willing to give him access to that part. And do we see the many answers um, that happen in our lives? The small little blessings, some want to call um, coincidences, but they aren't actually. They're answers. And maybe we don't get exactly what we want right away or that prayer that we prayed passionately has not come to pass yet. Or maybe we're not seeing things happen. Can we rejoice anyway? And can we rejoice with those who are having answers or are completely set free? We are in a broken world. Things aren't always, you know, I always tell my youth group, he ain't Santa Claus. You know, we don't ask once and want what we want. And, you know, this is a relationship. He wants to know us. We need to know him and, and journey together. And sometimes that healing is immediate. And that is an amazing thing as well. But our Savior, Jesus Christ, is 100% God with all the power to heal and restore and forgive and give hope. And as believers, if you are someone who believes, we carry that message with all that joy and hope and instruction of what forgiveness means. And if we don't believe yet, um, those things await you. And, and it is a free gift, free for the asking. So as we look at this paralyzed man, but even more so, you know, the, that's an amazing story and miracles are amazing. And they still happen today. Um, but the four friends, think of those four friends. Are we the four friends to someone else? Are we the religious leaders standing back with clipboard and our papyrus writing notes about how someone said something just a little bit off? And I'm sure I've said something a little bit off today, uh, cause I'm pretty real. You know, um, who are we in that? Or are we? followers of Jesus, just doing our best to model the behavior that he set out for us. Just be with people in relationship and love them. Tell them about the forgiveness that's available to them and befriend them. Be that reflection of who he is in all our humanity, which is imperfect. Who are we in this story? And we're probably all of them at some different times, but um, I just wanted to challenge and encourage us today that um, if you don't know Jesus, that you would 
come, just give what you have. It doesn't have to be much at all. Sometimes we can't speak at all. Um, cry out to him in your heart and in your mind. He wants to love. He loves you already. He wants to forgive. He wants to restore and give you hope again. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you that you are a loving and gracious God. You are 100% God, 100%. And we come so paralyzed all the time, too often, and we're unable to move. We don't have words. Um, we sometimes think he can't hear our prayers um, or the cry of our heart, the desires of our heart. But Lord, you see into our hearts and minds in those times of brokenness where we can't even speak. Lord, I ask that you would send your Holy Spirit to just minister to people right now in those broken places, in those desperate places of need where they can't even maybe cry out to you. And Lord, for all those out there with bodies that are in need of healing, mind, body, soul, spirit, any area of their life, would you touch those areas that need pain relief, freedom from illness, infection, um, the healing of the mind, Lord, whatever it is. Where there's illness or injury or poison of unforgiveness or broken relationships, Lord, I pray that you bring each one to a place where they know that they need your forgiveness, that you would remind us each day that we need your forgiveness and that you would release us from that, the condemnation, because there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. And that we would release other people from our judgments in the instruction of your forgiveness and release ourselves um, from condemnation too. And so Lord, we thank you that your forgiveness is also 100% complete. As far as the East is from the West, you remember it no more. And so Lord, we claim you as our Lord and Savior today and the healer of all and the gift that that is. In Jesus' name.